Jets podcast. I'm your host Gus and with me today is Al. He's in the wings getting ready to come out with some spiel. Um, we've got, I uh, just want to do a little summary before I get to Al and it's obviously Jets at Cowboys. Um, just want to go to just get this through and then we're going to see what Al thinks of it all as well. So what went wrong? Were the Jets bad or were the Cowboys great or a little bit of both? I think it's fair to say that the latter is probably about right, although I would add that some individual players did stand out and they played well. But as we know, this is a team game and not a game of individuals. As we all know, there is no I in team. I have to admit that I have not watched the full game and only the extended highlights, so this may, this take might be wrong, but uh, I have read up on a lot of game reports and other stuff. So I've seen videos and da-da-da-da, so I think I've got quite a good hook on what the game was. Start with Captain Obvious, Zach Wilson. From what I can see, at times he looked rare. he looked really good and made some really, really tight throws, which was encouraging. His uh, touchdown to Garrett Wilson was, in my opinion, a thing of beauty. It was a great timing pass across the middle, a slant. By the time Garrett Wilson broke, the ball was already out of Zach's hands, which he needed to be because there was some serious pass rush going on. And Garrett Wilson didn't even have to break stride. He caught it and took it to the house. And this is what we've come to expect from Zach Wilson, these kind of passes, although last year he couldn't hit a, a barn door from six yards or a screen pass. Um, the cat, and I love this box score, especially because if you're not a Zach Wilson fan, because he threw three interceptions, but as usual, the box score doesn't tell the whole story. After going down uh, a number of scores, two scores it was, I think, we were chasing the game. So eventually it became a game of high risk versus high reward. Had the high reward come off, we could have very well seen another Cleveland Browns type of comeback. But this time it wasn't to be. Overall, I would say don't worry about Zach. And for those that are saying give him the first four games, are you crazy? Those are the Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys. One, two, five. Okay, I like that's five. <laughs> But I've seen many people saying only give him four games, which is just absurd because they are going to be tough games. And he's he is actually showing something in these games. So he's only going to look better in the games that we should be doing better in. In case anyone's missed it, this is breaking news. Zach Wilson is slowly getting better. I'm not saying he's great because he's not that yet, but he has a long way to go. But he is trending upwards, and that's the right direction. And he's made some fantastic strides in a very short time, despite some very, very suspect O-line play, <clears throat> namely Dwayne Brown and Lakin Tomlinson. That said, what can you do about Mika Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, who had come to play that day? Let's let's be honest. And I think it was the first sack on Zach Wilson where Parsons was actually lined up over Dwayne Brown at left tackle. He did a swim move 
and ended up going through the middle over McGovern through the A gap, if you like, in what seemed like a nanosecond. And that kind of play will get him a league MVP. And if you're a betting person like John is, and I'm sure he'll agree, um, put a couple of quid on that. The run game. Bryce Hall was visibly upset at the presser, complaining that only had four touches of the ball for nine yards. This wasn't the breeze that we knew. On those four plays, some got blown up in the backfield, hence he got the yards taken off him, where he's only got nine yards. And, and, but that wasn't really his problem. Again, it was suspect play from the O-line. Weirdly, a lot of the plays only went left, and I still reckon that that's something to do with his injury, because it's probably easier to cut left than it is right. Could be wrong. He didn't get as many... Um, he didn't get um, many carries because the defence could not get off the field. Time and time again on third down, they just could not stop the Cowboys, resulting in the offence staying on the sideline. Shockingly, New York... This is going to blow your mind. This is going to blow your mind, Al. Shockingly, New York's offence was only on the field, get this, for 17 minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah. So, in other words, so... Yeah, and Dallas's offense was on the field. I think it was for forty-five minutes. So I suppose scoring ten points in that time was pretty good. Anyway, I, I want to give a special shout out, and I can't believe I'm doing this. And I, say, I always say this every time I mention this guy's name. I can't believe I'm doing this, but anyway, shout out to Ashton Davis on the fake punt and picking up the first down. That was a Frank Boyer, Mike Westhoff special. <laughs> but trying to put positive note on a very negative game because I think we all felt that way because we've had our bubble burst. I'm glad that this has happened against the Cowboys rather than our next opponents, the New England Patriots. Mm. Whether or not Bill Belichick uses the Cali Chock Chick uses the Cowboys game as some kind of blueprint, we'll have to see. But I'm sure the wily old cheater will have a few tricks up his, of his own up his sleeves if he's actually wearing sleeves this time because we know he rips all his sleeves off. So as it stands at the moment, the Patriots have not won a game yet. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Let's just hope they don't get their first win against us, as Bill Belichick seems to be Zach Wilson's kryptonite. Anyway, you're probably wondering what I was referring to there, John. Well, John can't make it today because uh, he's having his toenails painted. Uh, so <laughs> that just leaves us with Al. Al, are you having your toenails painted? I, I, I'm not, not till the weekend. I'm having them painted all green. For the weekend, <laughs> so I can wave my feet at Patriots fans. Um, now, yeah, can, can I just a quick shout out there for this very subtle dig at calling him the wily old cheater? <laughs> like that, because 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 to, to some listeners they might think you mean the cat, but actually, uh, <laughs> you mean the guy that bends the rules. Let's put it that way. Uh, the guy <laughs> with the video camera, that one, that, that same one, the um, one with the bull pump, that one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's it. That one. Yeah, um, that, that Bill Belly cheat. That, Check. That's, that's the fella. Um, yeah. Uh, so Cowboys game, first of all. I think you summarised it really well. I did watch the whole game. I mean, I say the whole game. I think I, I called it with about like a minute left to play. I finally gave up on the unlikeliest of comebacks at that point ever. Because um, it was about, it was like gone 1am and I had to get a night bus home. So... So um, I called it about 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 that point, but um, yeah, I mean, largely you hit the nail on the head. Like I think it was the very first, very first, certainly um, offensive play of of the game when when I think it was Lawrence came crashing straight through, and then immediately you're like, oh, this is going to be a long night, like immediately. Yeah. And, and I'll say this: 
I thought we'd lose anyway on Sunday because um, of the travel distance and all the other sort of the fact that we had a slightly shorter week um, and the fact that the, the Rodgers thing has, has, has burst off up a little bit and we've got our second string quarterback in. Um, and yet the Cowboys were better than even I thought they would be. Yeah, um, oh, definitely. So I'd lean more towards... Um, it is a bit of both, but I think it's more that the Cowboys were good than the Jets were bad. Not to say the Jets did everything right, not by any stretch of imagination, but but it was definitely a case of that. And NFL's all about momentum, isn't it? It's all about... It is. And that was the one thing we could never get. There was a couple of moments, like Source almost had a pick, which if he'd completed it, he'd take it to the house. And you feel like, you feel like that would have been a big momentum shifter. When we got the touchdown, like immediately after that, there was a big, the Cowboys had a big play. I can't remember what it was, but you know, you could sort of feel in the room, you could kind of go, oh, we've lost the momentum again. Having had that, having got that Garrett Wilson touchdown, we lost the momentum again, like literally a, a minute later. Um, and I think that was the big thing is we, ne- we were never able to quite wrestle the momentum in the game. Yeah. It was their home opener. Obviously the atmosphere in Dallas would have been great. They were coming off a 40 nil win. Um, on the road or I guess a divisional rival you know their tails are up um, so they came to play didn't they they came to they play, play and, they and really did we were up again we were up against it for so many reasons beyond just the football do you know what I mean and then yeah. and then the football as well um, uh, positive let's let's look at positives our, our red zone defense is great like how many field goals did they get is it like four or five? I'm not sure. Off the top of my head. Because then they got two touchdowns and the rest was the rest of the 30 points was all field goals. And I think that's the problem though, isn't it? That's why the offense wasn't on the field. It's, it, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. This yeah. is the problem. It they played a bend don't break defense. You can have 80 yards, but you're not having this 20. Yeah. Which is fine if you can score lots of points and hold them to a field goal. But at the moment we're finding that difficult, especially when you've got a team in your backfield either on passing plays or run plays so that's fine mm. and, and from from again I have to say I didn't watch the full game but from what I've seen on the extended highlights which was a 45 minute watch it looked like the defence was just had totally had the offence's number there weren't yeah. adjustments yeah. made I didn't see any tight ends used what was going on there yeah. I didn't see any blocking tight ends I didn't see catching tight well, ends Conklin had, a couple, Conklin had a couple of catches yeah, um, it didn't even make the highlights. <laughs> right. I mean, they weren't they weren't hugely significant, but they were there. And and um, uh, I don't remember seeing much of you. I remember seeing Yuzama take his helmet off once and go, "Oh, he is playing." Um, uh, He's just been completely anonymous so far. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you're right. We could have done more. And that that's I was going to say the the big negative is definitely the O line. And, and and I remember saying to you pre season that that. I mean, Dwayne Brown was always a question mark for me, coming back from the injury and his age that he's at and all the rest of it. And I tell you what, what a baptism of fire to have to have the Bills and the Cowboys, your first two games. And all these people saying, oh, we've got, like, statistically the, the worst O-line. Well, yeah, statistically, because there are some O-lines that have played against much weaker defences than we have. And we've yeah. played against two consecutive, two consecutive games, two out of two, both against very strong defences. So, of course, there's going to be I swear, you need to look at after five or six games before you really start to go, all right, where are they in the scheme of things in terms of the the, um, the spectrum? But, but that, by the same same token, the eye test 
there's definitely issues failing the eye test in terms of Dwayne Brown in particular and Lakin Tomlinson. And, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm particularly disappointed in Lakin because I really thought he was going to get a lot better this year. He's taken the money and run. Yeah. It's stunning his drop off. And it, again, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll have to say, I'll put my hand up as well. Um, I, originally, when I first saw the, 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 um, the highlights, the short highlights, when I was I was looking at it on my phone, I was like, oh my God, Dwayne Brown has just got totally run over and mm-hmm. didn't really look at it in, in great detail. And I put a tweet out saying, this is what the O-line that I'd put out, I'd drop him from left tackle, I'd put Beckton over. I still think that that could be an opportunity, but as you've rightly pointed out, this isn't any old defensive line. Mm-hmm. And it all, it's, this sounds like um, excuses. It might be excuses. I'd prefer to think of it as reasons, but it sounds like excuses. But you're talking possibly the MVP in uh, Mitch oh Carson. He's just... He's so good, honestly. He's just so quick. He's so powerful. He's got, he is the per- perfect uh, defender, prefer- perfect uh, edge rusher. He is just phenomenal. Is, and, uh, is it his second year? It's his second year. He was, he was Defensive Rookie of the Year last year. Was that, Am I going back to him? I think he was. No, I think he was, yeah. Last year's but he's going to make he's going to make so many O-linemen look terrible. And at, right at this moment in PFF, as you pointed out, we've just played two really good defences, back-to-back mm. Buffalo and Dallas. We've played two seriously good defences. And I'm not really bothered what, what PFF says at the moment. Mm. We're one and one. And like I said, we, we've only had that ball for 17 minutes, but we still managed to put up 10 points, which I don't think is that bad. And that's not the offense's fault. Mm. That's the defense's fault for not giving the offense more opportunities. Mm. So that gives that brings me up to a question uh, I asked you earlier on. Has the, has the coaching staff dropped the ball on this one, do you think? Do you know what? It's such an interesting question because... because I. First of all, I never played the game. You did, so so I, I always try and sort of bow down to people that played the game a little bit more with stuff like that. Uh, we've got one of the guys that joins us at the Hippodrome. Shout out to Alex. He's a uh, he's he's one of the quarterbacks for the London Blitz. So it's great sitting and watching the game with him. It's great sitting and talking about the game with you. I always he wears a Vinnie Testaverde shirt. Say again. He wears a Vinnie Testaverde shirt. That's right. That's the guy. That's Alex. Yeah, you met him. He's my man. Um, <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. But but. Um, uh, for me, having never played the game, you know, I'm an armchair, an armchair enthusiast, if you like. So, so um, uh, I always feel a little bit underqualified to answering stuff like this. But I, I'd also say that these guys that get paid millions of dollars to coach football must have had a plan. They didn't go in there without a plan. Um, it didn't work. Uh, there's no two ways about that. Whatever they had planned, whatever they had schemed in the run game, it didn't work. It was interesting hearing your take earlier about about um, Brees Hall not getting the touches, and, and maybe that was because where we were starting our our drives from. Um, I don't under, really know the logic behind it. Dalvin Cook saw a few touches, and you know was, was present, was there. Um, and Michael Carter and Michael Carter, um, but. For whatever reason, we just never really got going as an offense, and and I don't even know necessarily if it was even tactical. I think it was just the big mo. I think it was just momentum. I don't think the issue I mean, was I'll, ever tactical. I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you this question, and it, just it, give us a yes/no answer. Mm. Is the Dallas Cowboys' offense really better than our defense? 
because the, the answer is no. it should be no. Yeah. But based on that game, you would turn around and say, yeah, it is. And I hate to say this because he's it was as a, even though I only watched highlights, he still annoyed the you know what out of me. And Tony Romo just kept on going on and on and on about it. He was right. What the what the Cowboys were doing, and I think this has got a lot long way to to be the reason why we struggled on defense was they were run, kind of running like a hurry up offense. They were coming out, they were huddling up, and they were coming out of that huddle really really quick, straight to the line really quick the cadences were quite short and I don't think it gave even though that the, the defense was getting subbed in and subbed out I'm not quite sure why it, uh, why plays weren't getting changed at the line our defensive captains so Mosley and anyone else that calls out um, Jets adjustments on that defensive line it wasn't happening and our normally reliable pass rush it was not getting home. Yeah. And I know yeah. that McDonald wasn't playing. Um, he wasn't playing at all, I don't think. But um, it just, it was not there. And I'm like, is this the same defence that I watched last week? The, the Cowboys O-line is just that little bit better. And they didn't need long, like you said, because they were getting the ball out fast. They just but we played against Tuma Adoga. Say again? We played against Tuma Adoga. Everyone says, everyone yeah. says, O-line, you're as weak you're as strong as your weakest Weak, link. Yeah. Well, the weakest link there was Tumor Adoga. And I didn't I didn't see Tumor Adoga getting beaten. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, so, again, it's a case of it's just time. They just got the ball out fast. I think that the one I, I read that was interesting was, 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 was Source uh, saying that, or uh, someone actually said, I think it was someone saying to Source, and he agreed, that we've got to start scheming our best cornerback to play against their best receiver. Their number one. Because, yeah, because CD Lamb had a lot of joy, a lot of joy. And it's not like DJ Reed played badly, just Lamb was, was immense. And I tell you who we missed, mate, and it's crazy to say this about an undrafted free agent from just over a year ago, when Tony Adams went down injured, it was noticeable. Oh, the difference in our okay. secondary was noticeable. Yeah. And it's just that chemistry. It's crazy to think that uh, an undrafted free agent safety <laughs> from a year ago it have that much of an effect on, on but that's props to props to the props to Adams and props to the um, to the Jets co- uh, scouts for finding him. But again, going back to the coaching staff, I mean Hackett is getting on social media. Um, Hackett is getting a lot of flack saying that he didn't do enough. He should have changed to the. What can you do in 17 minutes? You're not on the field again. I'm going to keep bringing this up and beat this one to death. I, I get off Hackett's back. In, maybe he didn't call a perfect game. But what can he do with 17 minutes? Yeah. That's that's what he has. It's tough. Because, it's tough. Yeah. There was a game defense... this week I saw. I can't remember which game it was. It was a game this week where the team that won had like a half the time in possession, the team that, that lost. I can't remember. Was it the Browns that lost Monday Night Football? I think it was the Browns game yesterday and the Browns, the Browns lost, but they had like twice as much time in possession. Is that right? I need, to look, I need to look it up, but it is something yeah. like that. So it is possible to do, obviously, but but um, yeah, it was when you're tough. Not it was tough. It's momentum, mate. The NFL is about momentum, and there's yeah. three moments where you manage to wrestle momentum back. Like I said, the source pick that never quite was. Um, if we'd got like one really big sack on Dak Prescott, knocked him back for 15 yards or something, that we never really got that. And, and then the Garrett Wilson touchdown, and then immediately afterwards, the Cowboys, I can't remember what happened, but again, the Cowboys went right now, we'll have that momentum back, especially when you're on the road. Anyone, never mind a long road trip. 
Never mind, you know, their first home game of the season. And it just it was just one of those things that we never quite managed to wrestle the momentum. And, you know, really, Bill's game, Monday Night Football, our first home game of the season. Um, uh, once we'd swung the momentum back in the start of the second half, we never let it go. And then we went on and won that game. Um, mm -hmm. And it's kind of the opposite in Dallas. So really, in a way, the season starts Sunday. Yeah. 100%. Again, it's, you're right, it is momentum. And we're, we're, start, we're now looking at 0-0. I know we're 1-1, but let, we, you know each game as it comes, you're now 0-0. Come on, let's yeah. pick yourselves up. Who is it? It's not how you get knocked down, it's how you get back up again and all that. And we're, we're now playing a division rival. It's going to be a really, really tough game. Going back to Source, you mentioned Source. Mm. He should have had that pick six. I think Source has got a problem with interceptions. I don't think he can catch. He does PDs very yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and uh, he, he, he's absolutely fantastic at that. And he, he, you know, rightly got Defensive Rookie of the Year. And, and he, I forget how many PDs he had, but he's great at that. But he is not a bullhawk. Now, don't get me wrong, PDs are valuable, very valuable. If he's breaking up passes all, all the time, that's great. And if receivers are getting held to either between naught and 60, naught 100 yards or whatever. That's that's great. Mm, that is mm. absolutely great. But, and you, you keep saying it, it's built on momentum. You need to turn the ball over. Yeah. We didn't do it enough last year. Well, we did we did it the wrong way round. <laughs> we, were, we were turning it over. We, we weren't turning it over back. We, we were awful. So it was refreshing last week to see Jordan Whitehead get three interceptions. Yeah, swung the game. You're right, you're up to We right. need and, to and, turn the ball over. We're not doing it. We're not, I mean, we had Clemens again. Clemens is starting to make a name for himself mm. with um, forced fumbles. So I'm quite, uh, we're still not getting as many uh, uh, fumbles, forced fumbles, but this is something that I think um, that's really lacking in this, uh, this uh, defence. And when you consider the pedigree of um, Salah and Albrecht, it has me scratching my head a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, look, I think you're right what you're saying about Source, and it, it does feel like we're nitpicking a little bit. The guy's elite, and he's, yeah. he's you know, he's, he's going to have a whole, potentially have a Hall of Fame career. Um, it, he's, he's incredible, but um, yeah, there's been a few, and even last season, my mind's going back now, and I'm thinking there were times when he could have had picks and he dropped them. But, but you know, that's something, the age that he's at, and it's something that he is an elite athlete that set standards for himself that he will be thinking about and he will be thinking right that's 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 something i can focus on i'm ex already exceptional on this, at this so in other words the platform for him to be in a, a top 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 cornerback the next step that he has to take is to turn some of those opportunities for interceptions into interceptions and then yeah. from there turn those interceptions into pick sixes you know yeah. so so um yeah and the cowboys one was could have changed the whole football game, but um, could have, would have, should have, you know? It's, it's, how do we get better next week? Yeah, well, that is the million dollar question. Uh, for sure, they're going to need to come up with a better game plan than they did against the Cowboys, in my yeah. opinion. I agree. Um, the, 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 I don't think, and that people are looking at the um, O line, they're pointing fingers at the O line. They're not the greatest, but let's say that the Cowboys were. Defense absolutely played lights out, but for me, we lost this game with our defense. I don't think our defense played like they should have done. We're missing that 
although Quincy Williams is playing well, I still think we're missing that really good East-West coverage linebacker. But um, anyway, Mel- anyway, Melody's playing well as well. I think I think you're right. What you're saying that you can't really point to any one individual player and say on the defense anywhere, linebacker, secondary, you know, uh, the front seven, and say, uh, oh, they're playing badly. Everyone's playing well. It's just as you say. It's just schematically there might be a couple of holes. Schematic. Yeah. Um, but but. Um, you look at it and you turn around and you go, you know, swing the momentum back to Sunday and go, the, the Patriots do have a decent defense, they do, but um, we should we should not have any problem with them. We're at home, their offense is turgid compared to, compared to the Cowboys, so <laughs> so, so we're, we're going to get back on the field. We're going to get more time on the field. Um, yeah. Zach Wilson is a last season. Zach Wilson, you said to said it earlier. Um, Bill's got Zach's number, and and he has. Um, but this is a different Zach, and this is the point I wanted to make: is that the difference in Zach is isn't necessarily even his ability, because he had the ability last year. The issue I had with him last year was he wasn't seeing the field enough, and I believe yeah. that was more to do with the pressure that he felt he was under as the um, supposed darling of the New York Jets and and franchise QB. Now he knows the pressure's off. Now he knows. Oh, no one has that expectation for me anymore. That I can step in and fail, and if I fail, then you know uh, Rogers will come in. And, and do you see what I mean? It's a slightly less preference, and I think he's responded quite well, very well actually, to that. Yeah. So, so, so it will be interesting to see. To see, um, I think it's all about how we start the game. I think I never put too much uh, um, credence into winning the toss and, and, and getting the ball first. But I think I think it would be really useful on Sunday. Get the ball first. Get a good even if we don't score, get a good, you know, 60, 70 yard drive down the field. Lots of you know short passes, completed passes, good offensive drive um, with the first drive of the game. And just settle and settle Zach. And if we settle Zach, then I think we'll be we'll be we'll be gravy. We'll be fine. I, uh, I'm a defensive guy and um, I vehemently oppose everything you've just said there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a big defer guy. I never like taking... I would be normally. I would be normally. I want to get my... I see, I, I, I look at it this way. This is how This is how I would help. I would help Zach settle his nerves. I put my defence out there. I get after their quarterback. I smash them into the ground and leave them p- trying to pick themselves up and go, there you go, boys. Now follow on from that, yeah. Because hopefully you will get better field position as well. So yeah, we'll, I'm, we'll I'm, I'm happy to take that. I'm happy. I'm happy to. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, if he, if he's not, if you look this way, mate. If if Jack Wilson steps on the field, and we're already seven nil up from a pick six. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. ideal scenario. For, for I, I just, I just think, I think it sets the tone. I think when your defense comes on, and because it, it works the other way as well. When if if our offense comes on first series and you're up out three and out it, it kind of goes oh it takes the wind out of your sail yeah, and that's, so, that's why I like putting the, yeah. yeah that's why I like putting a deeper give them a three and out and rough them up a little bit if you can as well and that, I mean it works the other way as well I mean look what happened to the Cowboys the Cowboys on their first series they didn't you know started marching downfield and it's just like holy crap yeah and it takes the wind out of your sails so it, it can work swings and roundabouts but um right 
what do you, what do you reckon is going to... Oh, my God. Patriots this weekend is leaving a nasty taste in my mouth. That is... Blah. Yeah. So, we got our um, picks that we did last week. And um, the results are not looking good for me. <laughs> in reverse order. <laughs> I'm on two points. You're on five. Yeah. And John is on eight. Yeah. Um, I just did not have a very good um, outing last week. Um, you... And John both got the Kansas City um, score right yeah. over the... I said the Jags were going to win. Um, so, as I was saying there, uh, we just dropped, had a little bit of a problem with our connection there. Um, the Chiefs got picked by Al and John, and I picked the Jags because I am a Lawrence fan. Apparently, I've got his hair, but, um, you know, I think <laughs> I have actually better than his hair, but there you go. Um, me and John. He's got your hair, mate. He's got your. He's hair. got mine. Yeah, he's got mine because I, I did it first. Um, I picked with John the Jets against the Cowboys. Al very sensibly went um, for the Cowboys, <laughs> but um, I took Al with me um, for the Patriots, and John picked the Finns. So that's why John, who's our resident bookie as well, is on eight. Al's on yeah. five, and I'm propping up the table at two. So I'm hoping to. Do better next week, which brings us on to the picks this week. John isn't here because he's painting his toenails, but he did from from the salon give me his picks. So I'll I'll, I'll get you. I'll I'll start off with John. We've got the Pats at the Jets. Yeah. And John, surprisingly, <laughs> is going with the Jets. Ow. Yeah, you can't be on a podcast like this and not pick the Jets, can you? I think this, I'm thinking this is going to be a clean sweep, so I'm going yeah. Jets. Jets at home. I, I think I'm going to end up picking Jets every single week. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a clean sweep. No lone wolves there. Next up is Broncos, who are 0 and 2 against Miami, who are 2 and 0. Is that is that that's in at, Miami or is, it's is that at in Miami? Broncos at Miami, and Broncos are 0 and 2. Miami are 2 and 0. You want me to go? Yeah, go ahead, mate. Um, It pains me to say it, but I I can't see the Broncos getting anything out of that. I think that's a Miami going 3-0 situation, I'm afraid. Well, we're doing it again. That's another clean sweep from Miami. Again, no lone wolves. Um, All right. We've got um, the Bills at the Commanders. Now, this might be interesting. Uh, John has gone Buffalo, and I am going Washington. Washington are 2-0. The Bills are one and one. Although the Bills could have easily been one and one had Josh Allen not had that meltdown. So, what do you reckon, then, Al? I'm trying to work. I'm trying to remember who Washington played. They beat the Broncos, so and it was quite tight. So I, I I'm trying to remember who they played in Week One. Um, because I think sometimes a two and zero can be a generous two and zero. It is at home, though. I think this will be a closer game than than people think. Oh, they beat the Cardinals. So the commanders have beaten beaten two, you know, bad football teams to be two and zero. Um, I don't think the Bills are as are as good as they have been. I don't think this is a foregone conclusion. I think it's tight. I don't think I don't think they'll be they'll be putting whatever they put up against the Raiders up against the Washington. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the side. I'm gonna be a bit overly cautious and I'm gonna go with Bills, making you the lone wolf on this oh. one. I'm going to go with Bills. Oh! 
I'm going Washington. I'm going Washington. Well, I need I need to take a risk anyway because I'm propping up the division. Yeah, I'm not yeah. doing too well in my fantasy football either. Though that said, I did just win my first game this week, so yay! I'm rising up like cream. Which brings us on to the game of the week, the big three-pointer, and. I forget who John said he picked. Um, I will check in a minute. The game of the week is Chargers at Vikings. So, so Gus, you know what we could do here? We could pick a different game of the week. And then that way, if we both win, we'll catch up to John. (laughs) That feels feels a bit... I I think we just run with it. We'll go with Chargers Vikings. We'll try and catch up to him the traditional way. (laughs) But... uh, Getting back, yeah. Well, that is a good idea, but I don't think I think John would might avoid it, especially if the Vikings win, which is who he's picking. Uh-huh. Where are you going with Gus? Oh God, um, I can't. You know what? If this was game one, um, I would have probably picked Chargers, but the Chargers don't look like they could beat an egg at the moment, so I'm going <laughs> Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Who... Fair, fair. Well, in that case. I'm going to be getting some lone wolf action out. Oh, because uh, yeah, because I'm I'm going to go charges, and uh, and this was one that yeah I was I thought a lot about this, but again it comes down to what I've seen and 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 the the Vikings are also zero two, and yes they played two very good football teams and already they played the Eagles and they played they played in week one I can't remember but it was again it was it was oh the the Bucks they lost the Bucks I think in week one. Um, so, and I think that there's a, there's a little bit of unrest in Minnesota. There's a lot of people like, there's, there's fans tweeting players saying, you're not good enough and all the rest of it. And I think there's a little bit of unrest. And I feel like the Chargers played very well against Miami and were unlucky to lose. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the Chargers are a better football team than Minnesota this year. It was, um, it was Miami the first game of the season. And then the Chargers, they, they, yeah. yeah. They, yeah, they narrowly lost. Narrow, years. narrow defeat. Yeah, and then they lost uh, uh, this week against. Uh, one second, it will come to me because I watched a little bit of it. Chargers game. Um, they lost to. Uh, I'm actually just looking it up. Uh, the Titans. Um, but again, 27-24 it was a very tight game, and and I think both teams have lost two games, tight games. But I think if I look at it and I go, well, Minnesota should really be beating the Bucks, and there's a little bit more unrest about Minnesota. So I'm just going to take a risk. I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to try and take the lead in the table by lone wolfing it and going for the Chargers. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. You've done it. There you go. Um, we've got some. Um, news on Tony Adams um, the Jets are going to uh, evaluate um, Tony Adams he, he went out with a hamstring uh, Quincy Williams also got banged up with a bad knee and Michael Carter the second he had a sore elbow and that will be um, discussed about over the next 24 hours so we'll find out what's happening um, can I get your great... take on something on that Gus sorry can I get your take on something relating to Michael Carter Sure. I just want to say that also um, Zerline won't be um, his availability won't be known until Friday. Right. Okay. Okay. Which is probably they know it already. It's just Bill Belichick that we're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Go on. My I was going to say that there was a there was a bit after Nick Chubb's horrible injury, and obviously first thoughts and prayers go to Nick Chubb. 
there was a couple of people floating about the idea of the Browns trading for MC2. Um, uh, MC2 or Michael Michael Carter? Yeah. MC2's the, the, the slot corner. Um, I would not like that, for the record. No. Um, what's your take on it? Absolutely not. No chance, right? Why... Why would we do that? I no, I don't. Well, it, it would be one of them where the, if the Browns gave us a lot, what, what would put it this way? What would the Browns have to give us to get Carter off us? The problem is, is, is if you trade Michael Carter, who are you going to get in? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, remember we've got we've got Izzy Abanakanda coming onto the roster. I know different type of running back, but we've got so this running back room, you know. I had this discussion today with another fan, um, Jazzy Jets, I think it is. Mm. Uh, he, he was saying that, you know, um, that getting, Dalvin Cook wasn't any good. He didn't perform very well. Well, no one did, actually, on offence. Because. Yeah. because uh, and I said, well, actually, Dalvin Cook was an insurance policy. And this is the way I look at it. At that point, when we had we um, signed Dalvin Cook, we still didn't know what we had in Michael Carter. We didn't know whether we were getting rookie Michael Carter or last year's Michael yeah. Carter, which was a complete flop. But then I think there were bona fide reasons for that. We didn't know which Zonovan Knight we were getting because both Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter both had explosive rookie seasons. And then their second year, they both flopped-ish. Mm. And then we've got Izzy Abanikanda, who, in my opinion, should be saying seeing some game time my only concern with Izzy is his ball security well he's not on IR sorry is he on IR is he well he's, he's certainly not maybe not might not be on IR sorry but he's definitely not been fit to play either right. of the games so he's been on he's been on um, the injured list for the last two games um just checking now Bikanda. He wasn't on the um, on the cowboy game. He wasn't listed as being injured on the on the cowboy oh, really? game. Healthy scratch was he? Yeah, he was healthy. Yeah. I thought I saw his name on that. Okay. Oh, fair. Maybe, maybe it might have been some um, roster gymnastics to elevate somebody else. Possibly. Yeah. So who knows? But um, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade. Um, Michael Carter. No, no I, I wouldn't either. But I thought it was an interesting, interesting enough question to like throw it out there and and you know. I'll tell you what I would about. say, and it, it, maybe it's a little bit of a hot take, but I think Brees needs to rein it in a little bit because he came across in, and I know feelings yeah. were running high, but he came across in that presser as being a little bit Elijah Moore. Yeah, I. I uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, I, for me, there's a difference because for me, Brees Hall is Brees Hall is a winner, um, and he's frustrated. Whereas um, Elijah Moore was just throwing his toys out of his pram after week one. Yeah, to, <laughs> to, 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 to me, there's a difference. To me, to me, I look at Brees Hall and I go, I mean, anyone who can come back from that level of injury and his first game back do an 80-yard run. Do you know what I mean? The guy yeah. is, the guy is, I mean, and we've got B. John Robinson coming in the Falcons and looking unbelievable already. And immediately we're turning around and we're going, can B. John be as good as Brees Hall? I'm, I'm, I promise you, Brees Hall's having the same thoughts. I promise uh, you. Brees, Brees Hall wants to be the number one running back in the NFL. And anything less than that is not acceptable. I just want to say as well, this is something that's been great in my gears and when I when I saw this when it first came out Ethan Greenberg a, beat, a Jets beat reporter 
you are a disgrace. What did he say? I'm not seeing this. I, I'll, I'll tell you off air because I'm not going to give him air time. <laughs> but, nah, um, it's okay. He's an absolute... Eee, God. Just cut it out. Just cut it out. Just cut it out. I'm not going to give him the air time. Anyway, Ethan Greenberg, you are this week's Moron of the Week. Oh, we should do that. Can we have a Moron of the Week every week? Well, he's, he's, yeah, well, he's the um, Moron of the Week. There we go. Ethan Greenberg. Anyway, um, I think that's pretty much. We haven't got John's um, hot take or hot take or anything. In just probably um, having his nails. um, Well, well, maybe that's maybe maybe we should be taking odds on what colour nails John's going to have. Oh, they'll be green, and he'll be wearing open. He comes out with (laughs) salon. Green is a heavy favourite. (laughs) <laughs> I reckon so, mate. Anyway, I think that's all, all we got time for this week. Um, we'll be back again next Tuesday. Um, we'll, uh, hopefully, I'm off the foot of the table on the Pickhams, and uh, you're challenging John, and we've got another Jets win. And let's pray that everyone's healthy, no serious injuries, because it yeah. is a horrible, it's a tough game. So there will be injuries, but let's hope there's no lasting major injuries. And um, we go two and one against those Cheatriots. Let's do it. Let's do it. Go Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. All gas, no brake.